Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week we're talking about the Holy Spirit's invitation to bring us out of our stuck places and get us back on the path of following Jesus. Such a Our reading today comes from the book, The Acts of the Apostles. Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The Word of the Lord. Please be seated. As most of you know, I am a difficult eater, right? I'm really kind of picky. There's a lot of things I don't eat. I want things only in a particular way, and I'm kind of fussy. And I've always been this way. I've been this way since I was a little child. That's my mother. And and I've been thinking about it, but I don't think, I am, I am kind of difficult, and there are things I don't like. I eat a lot more variety of things than, than I used to, but, you know, I still have kind of my red lines, like condiments. I hate condiments. I won't eat them at all. 
No ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, salad dressing. <laughs> Want no part of it. But you know, part of it is I've been thinking that it's not, it's not just that I, I'm a difficult person, but, but that also that I like routines. I like kind of things that unfold in the, some way, in the same way over and over and over again. In fact, I remember when I was a, a young person, I pretty much had the exact same lunch every day for about 10 years. A peanut butter sandwich, a bag of Fritos, and a banana. Every day, in a little bag. Sometimes maybe like a hostess cake, but always a peanut butter sandwich, a banana, and a bag of Fritos. And to be honest with you, I would still be happy if that was in my lunch, but, but you know, I eat other things now too. And, and I like these kinds of routines. Like I like to get up in the morning and I make my cup of tea and when the weather's nice, I can sit outside on the front porch. When the weather's not nice, I can sit inside and I like it to be quiet. I don't want the radio or the TV and I like to have kind of a peaceful beginning to the day. Unfortunately, my children have other ideas. They don't want to have a peaceful beginning of the day, and they don't want me to have a peaceful beginning today. And like Patrick, you know, you, you guys know Patrick, right? So he comes around, and every time he wants to ask something, he always says, can I ask you a question? And you go, yes, and he'll ask this question, you answer it, and then he'll go, can I ask you a question? And then you'll go, yes, and he'll ask this question, and you'll answer it, and he'll go, can I ask you a question? Just ask the question. <laughs> you don't have to ask to ask a question. That is a question, right? Anyway, um, that's totally a digression, but, but you know, I like things and, and I get kind of like anxious when the routines don't kind of go the way that they're supposed to go, right? That if my, if it's the sort of stuff I want to happen, you know, at the beginning of the day or when I get to work or whatever, you know, those kind of routines that we have, when they get interrupted, it, it kind of throws me off. Like, like last week, we, we were getting new floors in our house and so our house is totally in chaos. Everything in the bottom floor of the house is in the garage or the basement or upstairs. It's a total mess. Anyway, um, there was one day, I think it was Wednesday, and that's when they were like the heart of the work. And, and I got home, and it was all crazy. And the next morning, I got up, and I was so flustered. I, I forgot to shave. You know, I just my whole day was thrown off, right, because my routine was interrupted, right, because like, there's no bathroom downstairs anymore. I mean, there will be again, but there wasn't that day. It totally threw me off. And so, so I like these things because they bring me comfort, right? They make me feel safe. When I can do these kind of routines, I feel like I'm on top of things. I'm ready to go. I'm good, I'm good right? That, that these things kind of give my life structure and space and a frame in which everything else can kind of unfold. So long as I can do these things, I can deal with everything else, right? I'm sure that that's a disorder of some sort. But anyway, that's how I work. And my guess is that most of you probably work in similar ways. That I'm willing to bet that almost all of you do the exact same thing every morning. You get up and you do, you know, you brush your teeth, you have breakfast, whatever you do. Most of us have routines. Because if we don't have routines, life becomes chaos, right? We need to have some sort of order and routines to the things we do in order to allow sort of space and structure to deal with life. But I've been getting my comeuppance, I guess you would say, uh, because in my house, I'm the one who has to cook dinner. I don't have to, I choose to. I'm the one who makes dinners in my house. 
Um, and I go to the grocery store and I pick out what we're going to buy and I make the food and so on and so forth. And my kids are driving me crazy because they don't want to eat anything. Right? I got one kid that only wants to eat chicken nuggets and french fries with ketchup. And I got another kid who only wants to eat mashed potatoes or tacos. And I'm tired of making mashed potatoes and tacos. And I'm tired of making chicken nuggets and french fries. I want to eat different stuff. Right? Because in this case, the routines are driving to drive me crazy. I don't want to have Taco Tuesday every week. Sometimes I want meatloaf. And I should get what I want once in a while. But the kids are worse than I was, I swear it. And they drive me crazy. I feel, I feel much more sympathy for my mother as I get older. Right? And so in this case, these routines that, that are somewhat imposed on me are, are not life-giving. They aren't making me feel safe. They don't make me feel able to confront the world. They're doing whatever the opposite of all that is. They're creating anxiety and unhappiness, right? And so I need like a break from some of these routines in order to sort of confront new realities. And in these stories, especially the story of Peter and Cornelius, that's what it's all about. It's about sort of breaking these routines and the way we've come to see things in order to respond to a new reality. I don't know if you remember the story of Peter and Cornelius, but it kind of goes like this. This is from the book of Acts. So it's several years past the time Jesus has died, maybe 10 years after Jesus has died. And Peter, he's going around and he's telling everybody about what he saw and what he, he knew and about what this Jesus might be offering and this exciting new way of life. But Peter is very much stuck in his old ways because Peter is still completely following the law. He is living in the same way that he lived before he knew Jesus. Right? He still follows all the dietary laws. He follows all of the laws about how to relate with people who aren't of his, his people. Right? He follows all these things and he's stuck in this pattern of life. He's stuck in this pattern of life. And then he's on the Mediterranean coast and he has this vision. And it is a really weird vision. He has a vision of meat. Right? Because in the Mosaic Law there are lots and lots of rules about meat. You know, like no shellfish, no, no pork. No pork? That's terrible, right? Um, no bacon. Can you imagine a life without bacon? <sighs> and for those of you who are vegetarian, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but, but, you know, he has all these rules that you, there are things you can't eat. No cheeseburgers. Not that they had cheeseburgers in the first century, but... Cheeseburgers would not be allowed because that's mixing your meat and your dairy. You can't do that, right? No gravies, none of that kind of stuff, right? So Peter has this weird vision about meat. There's like this blanket comes down in his vision full of all these other kinds of meat, these different animals that he's not supposed to eat. And he hears the voice of God say, Peter, eat. And Peter's like, no, it's against the law. And the voice says again, Peter, eat. And so Peter finally has this idea that, okay, God is telling me, I can eat this stuff, right? Because just like Jesus said back when Jesus was alive and walking around with Peter, it doesn't matter what you put in that makes you impure. It's what comes out of you, your actions and your words that make you impure, not the food you eat. And so Peter finally gets this understanding from this vision. And, and he also gets the message in the vision that some people are coming 
to take him somewhere, he should go with them. And so he goes to the house of a man named Cornelius. And Cornelius is not a Jewish person. Cornelius is, he's someone who believes in God, but he hasn't fully converted into Judaism, right? He's what they call a God-fearer. And he wants to know about Jesus. He's heard of Jesus, and he wants Peter to come and tell him about Jesus, please. And so Peter and his companions, they go to Cornelius' house, which of course is not something you really should do because they're not of our people, and they're going to eat a bunch of weird food that you may not like, like potato salad. And you got to be a good host and go, mmm, this is the best potato salad ever. But it's not, because it's potato salad. And, and they go to the house, and while they're there having dinner, the Holy Spirit descends upon Cornelius and his family, and it's an experience just like the disciples had had at Pentecost. And Peter and his companions, they recognize that this is the Holy Spirit offering an experience just like they had experienced with Pentecost. And Peter has this like, aha moment. This is like his vision come to life. And Peter's response, I think, is the most remarkable thing in the Bible. And it says, Peter says, what's to stop us from baptizing them? Which means, what's to stop us from welcoming this Gentile, this unconverted person, fully into God's people? without worrying about the law, without worrying about the, the rituals. But because they have seen the Holy Spirit inhabit them, what is to stop us from recognizing what the Holy Spirit has already said and welcoming them fully into the people of God? And the most miraculous and amazing thing about that story is not that the Holy Spirit came and gave Cornelius and his family this amazing Pentecostal-like experience. Because the Holy Spirit is working in us all the time. It's doing stuff all the time. What's amazing and miraculous about this story is that Peter recognized it. He saw the Holy Spirit and said, it's the Holy Spirit. And I understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. That is the most miraculous thing in the story, especially because Peter, you know, if we remember the stories from the Gospels about Peter, he's like the guy who like, wears his heart on his sleeve, and he really wants to trust Jesus, but he can't quite go there, and he's always kind of misunderstanding. That Peter, who walked around with Jesus for years and watched him die, watched him be resurrected, one of the first ones to the tomb, now, finally, years later, he gets it. At long last, Peter gets it. And then he gives this speech that we hear in today's gospel, that I understand that the Holy Spirit is inviting us into seeing reality in a new way. It's inviting us to do things that we would have thought we couldn't do, to try things that we wouldn't have tried, to open ourselves up to a new way of being God's people. And the thing is, is that the Holy Spirit is active in each of our lives in the same way seeking to open our eyes up to see a new reality, to see new possibilities, to nudge us ever so gently into understanding that maybe, maybe there are different ways we could be God's people here and now. That, that we don't have to be tied to the way things used to be because 
those were good things. There was nothing wrong with the Mosaic Law. There was nothing wrong with the people of God. But Jesus offered up a newer way, a better way in response to the world as it is now. And the Holy Spirit opened Peter's eyes to see that there was this new way we could follow. And in the same way, Peter, the Holy Spirit, invites us in our lives individually and in our lives collectively to be open to the ideas that there might be a different way to be God's people, that there might be new people we could encounter and help, that there might be new ways to to worship, but still no drums. (laughs) Maybe the Holy Spirit is asking for drums. I don't think so, but we'll see. What I'm saying is is that there is a possibility for each of us in our lives to break out of the routines that used to bring us comfort and now have become like weights around our ankles holding us back from the ways that we can be God's people here and now, that we can respond to the neighbors and the people we encounter and to see in them that they are imbued with the dignity that God grants all of his created children that everybody we encounter is meant to be included among the people of God. And how can we best inhabit this great grace that we have been given in the places that we find ourselves now, in the circumstances of our everyday reality, that we can break through those things that might feel comfortable but that hold us back from living more fully, more abundantly, more slaverly in the kingdom of God. Amen.